All right, everybody, welcome into Celtics post game live after a loss to the Suns. And if you watched any of the Celtics power hour this week, you might have seen myself and Ev talking about this very game, talking about this matchup with the Suns and what we expected to happen. And pretty much exactly what I thought was going to happen happened. The Celtics came out tonight. And they stood in really no chance. They, they kept it close for a little while. I think it was, uh, you know, 32 to 30 in the, in the second quarter at one point. You said, okay, you know, Celtics are hanging in there. This is, this is a little close. And then Phoenix from that point goes on a 22 to 3 run. 22 to 3. And the Celtics never got it back within single digits. It was, it was Phoenix from then on out. Celtics pulled it within a little bit closer in the third quarter, got it down to 12. And then Phoenix goes on another run in the fourth quarter, gets it back up to 20. And that's your game. And there are a few interesting things to touch on in this game. There really are. There's some elements that I think are worth, worth uh, picking on, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the play of the Williams is for the Celtics, uh, Jason Tatum, the ball movement, all of that. There's stuff worth digging into. But I think the leadoff thought, has to be, can you really be surprised that the Celtics lost tonight? Can you really be upset that the Celtics lost tonight? That the Phoenix Suns are the better team. They're the better basketball team. It's not very close, especially at the moment with Jalen Brown out, which we'll get to as well. But yeah, the Celtics lost to the Phoenix Suns, who are the best team in the NBA. One of the two best teams in the NBA, at least right now. And the Celtics are... A playoff team borderline, you know, outside looking in right now. And if you if you go to ESPN, which I think the ESPN put out their playoff percentage chances or some website did recently, it was all over Twitter today. They said the Celtics have uh, the Celtics are more likely to miss the playoffs than make the playoffs at this point. I think it was fifty one point six percent to to miss it and forty eight point four percent to make it. So that's, that's the team the Celtics are right now. And that's the, the team that they're viewed as. And that's the team that they've shown on the floor. So, yeah, it shouldn't be too surprising that they lost to the Suns tonight. If you're upset that they lost to the Suns, I, I don't know what to tell you anymore. Like, the, you, the team's just not that good. The team's not good enough to expect them to beat the Suns. The team's not good enough to expect them to compete with the Suns. Forget beat them. So it, it's that, that's just the, the state they're in right now. And look, this was a tough stretch, and it was a tough game. I, I said to myself, there is – I challenge you to find a tougher spot than the end of your – is it five-game road trip? End of your five-game road trip. Eight cities in eight days because you had two road games, back to Boston, then another five, okay? End of your five-game road trip. Fourth – or third game in four nights – Okay, you have a back-to-back in L.A., one night off, you go to Phoenix. On the road, you're playing the best team in the NBA, team with the best record. I challenge you to find a tougher spot for any team than that. That is rough. Never mind the fact that you didn't have Jalen Brown. Dennis Smith-Schroeder was a game-time decision. Or Dennis Smith-Schroeder. What am I saying? Dennis Schroeder was a game-time decision. Dennis Smith-Schroeder. You know, maybe that's a good nickname for him. Um... Um, Dennis Schroeder's game time decision, he was hobbled. 
And Jason Tatum was really one of your only good players tonight. Him and Grant Williams were your only good players tonight. So there wasn't a more a more difficult spot they could have found themselves in. So I made the bet that they would lose tonight. I I if win that one. Don't have to eat the spicy hot wings on the show. Maybe another time if you guys want to see me um, have a, a meltdown uh, live on stream eating some hot wings. You'll have to come back another time for me to make some other crazy bet. But tonight, the Celtics proved me right and fall to the Phoenix Suns. Pretty simple. I see you guys in the chat and Maul already saying, uh, trade the entire team except JB and JT. And look, this is this is something that was was rather obvious in this game. And you know, I, I mentioned that even if the Celtics had Jason Jalen Brown, do I think they would have won tonight? Probably not. No, but it would have been closer. Like games like tonight really show you the value of Jalen Brown and how much you miss him. Like you are not able. People mention, oh, the Celtics better without Jalen Brown. Oh, this or that. Like you heard people say this and people make these arguments all the time, these kinds of arguments. And it's like, if you want to compete with a team like the Suns, you need Jalen Brown. Like you, you don't stand a chance if you don't have Jalen Brown. His 20, 25 points, 30 points tonight, it would have made a difference. Not the whole difference, but it would have, it would have helped. You know, when your starting lineup goes one of 18 from three, not a lot you can do. And we'll get into that as well. But yeah, J- Jalen Brown would have been helpful tonight. Would have been great if the Celtics had Jalen Brown. They didn't. And they they paid the price. And this, this is a great example. So the next time somebody comes to you and says, the Celtics are better without Jalen Brown. They should trade Jalen Brown for, you know, pennies on the dollar because this, that, or the other. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum don't work together. Just reference this game because this this really was the one that that showcased exactly why the Celtics need Jalen Brown and what what he does for the team on top of that. Um, Other comments I see, uh, our center of the future gets dominated by, yet again, another below-average center, another theme of the game. And thank you, Enmal, for bringing this up. I really appreciate it. Uh, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee had his way with Robert Williams. And this was... Arguably, Robert, I, I think you could legitimately argue this was Robert Williams' worst game as a Celtic. It was bad. It was really, really bad at times. And I don't know what the coverages were, if he was told to do something, if he was just out of position himself, if the Celtics wanted to like trap Chris Ballmore or what the situation was. But JaVale McGee was just was just getting easy buckets. And, you know, some of them uh, that, you know, weren't even out of the pick and roll. Like, you saw the hook shot at the end, you know, that, that well, McGee just hit with him. At that point, McGee's just feeling himself. He's just feeling so confident that it doesn't matter. But how do you let JaVale McGee, the guy that that is getting, honestly, like, fair buzz for, you know, defensive, uh, all, all the defensive teams perhaps this year, you know? Like, people are talking, Miles Turner's available, people are saying, well, the Celtics already have a better defensive center in Robert Williams, you know? So that's the type of player he's expected to be. That's the type of player he's been at times this season. And to come out and essentially lay an egg tonight and let JaVale McGee dominate him, like Team USA, JaVale McGee, no disrespect, but this guy is, again, you mentioned it, journeyman, below average. He's not a starter when DeAndre Ayton is healthy. I think people saw that DeAndre Ayton was going to be out and they thought, oh, that's a plus for the Celtics. You know, I, I mean, I immediately thought that when I saw DeAndre Ayton wasn't playing tonight. I said, okay, well, 
this, uh, you know, the Celtics don't have Jalen Brown. They probably still don't stand a chance. But hey, a little positive in your favor. DeAndre Ayton's out. And JaVale McGee probably played better than DeAndre Ayton would have. Like, I, I don't understand. Did Robert Williams think he had the night off? Like, did he think that, oh, DeAndre Ayton's not out there? I won't have to try, you know, this, 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 they don't have their starting center. And by the way, some of his performance, like not to say that, you know, mostly the defensive performance was what was bad. But there was points in the game where I even felt bad for Robert Williams. Like there was one point, I don't know if you guys remember it. It was in the second quarter. I think Marcus Smart's taking the ball up the floor. And the only ones up the floor are Robert Williams and Chris Paul. And Robert Williams is in the post, like underneath the basket. Like I have Chris Paul on me. Will someone get me the ball underneath the basket so I can just dunk on this six-foot player that should not be guarding me? And the Celtics just didn't get involved. And it felt like, really, the whole the offense tonight as a whole was just playing like in mud, in molasses. They were moving so slow. They were making all the wrong decisions. They weren't passing. The ball movement was terrible in this game. And as I just mentioned, the three-point shooting was terrible. I think Scal said on the broadcast it was their worst three-point sh- shooting game of the season. And again, the starters, the starters, one for 18 from three tonight. One for 18 from deep. That is, that is bad. That is ugly. That honestly, it's, it's, it's ugly. It's, it's kind of gross. I mean, it's, how do you shoot one of 18? And honestly, they, they are just, I think that the, the, the book can be closed. Like we always wondered what the, the, you know, the team was going to be offensively this season and if their three-point shooting was going to improve. No, the Celtics are a bad three-point shooting team. I think it's fair to say that at this point. It's just not, you know, I mean, you shoot one of 18. I, the Suns are a good defensive team. I'm not going to take that away from them, but they've had too many games, not quite this bad, but they've had too many bad shooting nights from three where you're like, this isn't working. This game plan, this offensive game plan they're trotting out there, this this is not going to, to help them win games. And they do it again tonight, and it it contributes to the loss dramatically. And, you know, the, the two themes of the offense tonight were bad ball movement, too slow. Uh, they said two, bad ball movement, bad three-point shooting, and I would just throw too slow on top of that because it just it, it wasn't – I mean, all of that would just really, really hurt. It's you're saying – uh, really not disappointed by this loss, but I didn't get my hopes up uh, either. And I think um, those are the, the same thing, kind of, that uh, not disappointed because you didn't get your hopes up. I would assume because would be the, the word there. Like, I agree it's gear. Like, it's it. how can you be disappointed? You are not a good team. The Suns are a really good team. You lost to a team that is much, much better than you, far superior to your team, regardless of your injury status, which is also bad. So, I mean, that, that's that's... <laughs> So at the end of the day, blow courtesy of the Phoenix Suns. Marcus Smart was terrible. Um, there's a lot of players. Honestly, there's a lot of players I'd uh, I'd put over Smart, but yes, yeah, Smart. Uh, you know, at this at this point, what 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 do you expect from Marcus Smart? I mean, his shooting was absolutely atrocious. One for thirteen. Um, I'll tell you what. I wanted to talk about Robert Williams and. Uh, some other players first, but man, that one for 13 that Marcus Smart put up, that is, that is an ugly number. Um, I mean, and again, when I, we go back to the ball movement and talk about the passing, not being there tonight, I for, total for the team, 13 assists tonight, 13 assists. 
Marcus Smart, zero. So Riley brings up a good point. I mean, Marcus Smart was absolutely god-awful. Uh, you know, I, it's, it, and uh, I don't know. You know, people have mentioned four days from now, the the trades start opening up. I think Marcus Smart, you have to wait an extra month. But if he he keeps throwing out games like this, I mean, it seemed like he kind of, he started passing more and he started playing better defense after that first stretch of the season. And the trade talks around him started to go away. People started to pull back. People started to put away the pitchforks and say, you know what, Marcus, maybe Marcus Mark can be the point guard of this team. And now it feels like he's trending back in the wrong direction, especially with tonight. I mean, obviously, right? He was he was not good tonight in what in any way, shape, or form, in any respect. It, it was it was bad. It was very bad for Marcus Smart. And that's that's it. That's why it feels like you're trending more and more towards trading him. The problem is. What are you going to get for them? If you're another NBA team, if you're – pick any of them. Pick any team you, you want off the top of your head, whether it be, you know, the Hawks. You know, if the Hawks want a defensive guard next to Trey Young. You know, we've heard the Hawks were with Marcus Smart uh, in the past. Um, you know, uh, the, the who knows, the Cavaliers, Colin Sexton's out. You know, what, whatever. Whatever team might be interested. Cavaliers have been have, had an up-and-down season. They've been okay, you know. Whatever team might be interested in Marcus Smart, okay? Any of those, you know, could, could be anybody. Take your pick, right? What are you willing to give up? Really, if you were another team out there, pick any team across the NBA, okay? I'm mad. Put yourself in the GM chair. You're now the Memphis Grizzlies GM. What are you giving up for Marcus Smart? What are you willing to trade to have Marcus Smart on your team? A, a pick? First-round pick? Like you're not, you're probably not trading Dylan Brooks for him, you know. You know, you're not doing that. I know they've had some some contract issues there, but what are the Celtics getting back in these deals? You're not trading Bain. The Celtics aren't getting Bain for him. I mean, if you're the Dallas Mavericks, what what are you what are you doing? What are you giving up for Smart? Anything? Marcus Smart. As much as the Celtics want to trade Marcus Smart, as much as Celtics fans want to trade Marcus Smart. I question whether other teams want to trade for Marcus Smart. What is there to trade for? He's been bad. Everybody knows he's been bad. It's it's not a good situation. Celtics don't find themselves in a very good situation at all. It's Gear saying, I'm actually very jealous of the Suns team. They actually take care of business every single night. The off-ball movement has gotten uh, so much worse recently. Uh, we have to rely on young guys like Neesmith uh, for that kind of stuff. I want to touch on this point from It's Gear. Um, you could have been the Suns, in theory, you know? Like, people remember way back, there was people, some people mentioned that idea of trading Kemba Walker in a package for Chris Paul. And everybody said no. I said no. I would have been the ones that said no. Sure, yeah, I, I was wrong. I was just as wrong as anybody. I didn't know Kemba was going to have a, a crazy injury like this. Okay. And now, Chris Paul has been the, the ageless wonder and transformed this Suns team from, I mean, really mediocre, if that, basement dweller in the, in the Western Conference to NBA Finals contender. 
I mean, you, could you even go as far as to say perennial NBA Finals contender? They've been, I mean, the last year, now this year again, they look like they're, they're poised to. I mean, if you count perennials two years, I, mean, you know, I don't know, might be going a little too far, but they're showing some consistency now. They're showing last year wasn't a fluke. So you could have had Chris Paul on this team. People, Some people didn't want him. Some people thought, hey, Chris Paul's not going to get along with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You know, he'd be poisonous to the locker room. He'd cause problems. He's caused problems everywhere he's went. His teammates don't like him. James Harden didn't like him. Blake Griffin didn't like him. This and that and the other. Seems to be working pretty well with Phoenix. You know, imagine instead of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, it was Chris Paul and Jason Tatum. What would you have had to give up realistically? Think back to when Kemba Walker wasn't injured. You know, Kemba Walker and a pick, two picks, two firsts. Have you done that? Should have. People would have questioned it as people questioned the Thunder when they traded for Chris Paul, as people questioned Phoenix when they traded for Chris Paul. Everybody thinks Chris Paul is too old. It's like Tom Brady. He did. He doesn't age. He just keeps throwing darts. Too accurate. <laughs> Chris Paul and Tom Brady. It's just the two of them. D don't age. It's it's crazy. So how would the Celtics team look with Chris Paul? Would they look like the Suns team? I wouldn't doubt it. I think they might. Honestly. Uh, A1 saying, I won a five-game parlay. Put 50 on it. Uh, I got 506. Congratulations. Especially if those are from Evs NBA picks earlier. Uh, trade Robert Williams, Horford, and Smart. Uh, there's no way every big man on our uh, roster just got outplayed single-handedly by JaVale McGee. There's there's a way. It just happened, honestly. And, and you know, Boston Sports Report makes a good point, too. Trade Williams the third for Sabonis. And I was saying this. People were saying, you can't do that. You're giving up too much on defense. Well, if you're going to give up 21 points to JaVale McGee anyway... I'd rather have Sabonis for the offense. Both are going to get roasted by JaVale McGee, apparently. Huh? So just give me Sabonis. You know, I, and I say that half in jest. Robert Williams is a good defender. Usually. Wasn't tonight. Wasn't tonight. I don't know if the Pacers would even want Robert Williams. Do they want it? Then another center? Does that solve their problem? I understand they're rebuilding. Is Robert Williams... It's still the point where you say, oh, yeah, that's a young piece I want to build around. He's about to be on his second contract. He just signed it. And, uh, you know, it's not exactly breaking the bank, but that, that's not cheap. That's not a cheap contract. At this point, he's 24. Is that still a prospect, 24 years old? So I don't know. I think if you want some bonus for Williams, like the value is there. In terms of just trading, like if you trade Williams and I don't know Richardson and someone else, and a pick, like the value matches up value for value, but is it what the Pacers want back? Is that the type of package they're looking for? I I don't think so. I think if you want to do that, you'd have to do like a three-team trade. That's what I'm starting to believe. Um, say Aaron saying three-team parlay came through. Uh, <laughs> Joe S saying fire MA. Another point I wanted to touch on. So if you if you look around the league, and this is the one caveat I'll give the Celtics. Okay, let me let me play devil's advocate for a second. Because I think everyone's mad. I think everyone's succumbed to the factor that the Celtics are are 
probably not going to be a good team. Okay. If you look at the other teams that had coaching changes that were in a similar position to the Celtics, right? And I'm not going to count the Hawks because the Hawks had Nate McMillan last season. So I don't think that's very fair. I don't think it's extremely fair to talk about them that way. If you look at the other teams that switched head coaches, most of them are in a similar position to the Celtics, you know? Uh, at least the ones that, that were on their level. You know, other kind of middling teams. The Trailblazers, for instance. Trailblazers switch head coaches, fire Terry Stotts, and they bring in Chauncey Billups. Blazers aren't having a good year. Injuries have played a part in it, but they're currently 11th in the Western Conference. Okay? Not great. 11-15. The Mavericks. The Mavericks switched head coaches. They bring in Jason Kidd. Middling team. 12-13. and 13. The Pacers. We were just talking about the Pacers. The Pacers switched head coaches. Pacers were hovering around the playoffs. They were a playoff caliber team. 13th. 13th in the Eastern Conference. 12-16. and 16. Only two teams worse than them. The five-win Magic and the four-win Pistons in the East. And that's it. So a lot of these teams that had coaching changes, it's not going so well for them. Could be any number of reasons for that. Maybe it's just growing pains. One team that's their coaching changes worked out really well is the Washington Wizards. You know, they got off to that really amazing start. They're four and six in their last 10 now. So they've started to come back to the pack a little bit. But I'll still give him credit. I'll still give Wes Unsell Jr. credit for what he's done there. Sure, for now. I think there's a little bit of growing pains there with a lot of these coaches. A lot of these coaches, by the way, first-time head coaches. You know, I had likened what the Celtics were doing perhaps to what the 76ers did, right? Fire Brett Brown, bring in Doc Rivers, throw me the number one seed. Okay? What happened after that? A little ugly. But they got to be the number one seed in the regular season because they switched head coaches. But who'd they bring in? Doc Rivers. Experienced, has switched teams before many times, jumped to different situations year to year, helped a talented team get to their peak. Okay, Doc Rivers is experienced with this. Emea Doka, Chauncey Billups, not so much. Jason Kidd, eh, not really. He's, he's coached before. He's not a first-time head coach, but... Rick Carlisle, a little bit of a different story. I don't know what's going on in Indiana. But Imeadoka, first-time head coach. These are perhaps the growing pains that come along with it. Fire Ime, maybe a bit too far. Maybe not if it continues to go this way. But if, it, if there's any way you're going to cut him some slack, it would be because of that. Um, more people mad. Blow up the entire team. Rebuild time. Uh, again. Guys, saying this after a loss to the Suns is a little off base. And I look, I had mentioned that they this was the hardest part of their schedule. Going on the road, now you have to come home and play some tough teams too, okay? This was very clearly the hardest part of their schedule. I said it beforehand. So am I going to come out and say I'm surprised at their performance? Especially without Jalen Brown? Not a ton. I expected them to struggle. This is the as hard as their schedule gets with the road games. Again, eight straight games, eight different cities. I shouldn't say that because they had two in LA, but eight different games, you know, and you, you had to travel for pretty much all of them. You had the one in Boston in there, but you had to travel back to Boston, then right, right again, going home from Boston. So tough to be on the road, jumping around that long. 
That is tough. So there's that factor. There's the fact that you were playing the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns, and you were without Jalen Brown, and Dennis Schroeder was was hobbled. And I understand, look, the, the games against LA, the two LA teams, those aren't very forgivable. Like, being mad after those games, fair. Being mad after this game, I mean, if you're if you're still residually mad from the LA losses, I get it, vent it out. But yeah, they lost to the Suns. They should have lost to the Suns, pretty clearly. Um, it's you're saying some of it is MA's fault, but the amount of stress that comes uh, out of coaching this team must be ridiculous. Look, you the market, the the expectations, everything. Yes, MA Adoka is probably under tremendous stress. You know, not to mention. Having your former predecessor, whatever, I guess I shouldn't say former predecessor, but just having your predecessor as your boss, there's got to be at least a little bit of stress that comes along with that and a bit of a weird dynamic. Who knows how it's going to play out? I don't think Brad Stevens is jumping back to the sideline midseason, but if you're MA, would you be a little bit afraid of that? Tiniest bit? Like, man, if I keep if I keep losing games, does, does Brad pull a plug and just say, ah, I'm going to coach this team? Pat Riley style to Stan Van Gundy? Uh, Joey saying we should have traded smart for John Collins last year when the rumors were circling, circulating. Uh, yeah, that would have been a great move. I, I remember that well. And if look, I, I don't know if the Hawks would have done it, but if they would have, yeah, that would have been a good time. Would have been a good time to trademark smart. Now your value's low. You probably couldn't get anything back. Even if you wanted to, you're not getting John Collins. I remember a couple days ago, if not a day ago, uh, a Hawks account went on our Twitter and quote tweeted a tweet of ours about a trade rumor that wasn't from us, but it was from some other, I think it was from The Athletic. Um, and it wasn't exactly a trade rumor either. It was essentially that the Hawks were interested in Jalen Brown and the Celtics told the Hawks to essentially shove it by saying, if you want Jalen Brown, we want Trey Young for Jalen Brown and uh, DeAndre Hunter, <laughs> something like that. So... Yes, from that standpoint, it, it you know wasn't going to happen quite obviously. So uh, a Hawks account quote tweeted that and laughed at it and whatever you know. But these trade potential trades that happen with the Hawks and all this stuff and the all the rumors that floated around between those two teams, it's hard to know how much of those are substantial. So could they have traded Mark Smart for John Collins? I don't know. I I kind of doubt it a little bit, but if they could have, they they whiffed. Very clearly. Um, Levi saying, uh, Brad could have done something amazing with this team. I'm frustrated with the coach, and he's game, his game planning is awful. Thice, uh, oh, I thought you said Daniel Thice. Uh, there's a lot to fix with this team. And we'll see what Brad does. I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to know how this team would look if they had Brad Stevens as the coach. I think they'd have a better record. Again, I think some of this by MA is growing pains. I think a little bit of it is getting used to being a head coach and, and uh, getting people, players getting used to his system and whatnot. But and you mean Brad Stevens, I don't think this team is a title contender with Brad Stevens. Maybe they're over 500 right now, but again, you should have expected them to struggle in this stretch. This was a tough part of their schedule. The toughest part of their schedule they're going to have. Okay. Get through the next three games or so. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Your schedule lightens up. You get Jalen Brown back. But, yeah, right now it's tough. Um, it's Gio saying part of the problem is that we are too, uh, we are too score scared. Uh, sorry, I couldn't tell if I was scared or scored. 
Too scared to sell high on young guys like Robin Grant. That's true, and that's been true with the Celtics for a long time. I mentioned selling high potentially last year on Peyton Pritchard. It was blasphemy. Peyton Pritchard, how wouldn't you... How could you possibly imagine trading Peyton Pritchard? How could you dare to suggest that, KJ? Exaggerating. The guys didn't say that to me quite. But that's that's the way it felt a little, a little bit. This guy is the best prospect we've had in this long, that long, whatever. He's a great rookie. And as it turns out, Peyton Pritchard has regressed a little bit this year. Sophomore slump, maybe he'll bounce back, blah, blah, blah. Short. But what could you have gotten for Peyton Pritchard last year? You know, if you packaged him, like, could you have gotten Aaron Gordon? Would you like to have Aaron Gordon on this team right now? He's doing pretty good for the Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr. went out. He's their second guy now. So he's, you know, he's, he's getting a little bit more run than he otherwise would have, you could argue. I understand that. Right now, Aaron Gordon, 14 points a game, six rebounds. Would you have liked that on the Celtics? 52% field goal percentage. He looked pretty nice in a Celtics jersey. You know, would his three-point shooting help? Maybe not. He's 35%. Not exactly good enough to, to say he's a, a knockdown shooter, but hey, he's, he's somewhat reliable for all the other things he gives you. Wouldn't fix a three-point shooting problem, but nice, talented player to have on the roster. If you, gave, if you were willing to give up Peyton Pritchard, could that have helped you form a package to get him? That'd be nice. Would have been nice. Alas, not so much. Um, what happened to uh, to Boston? Just mind-boggling. Um, and I would say, honestly, it's, it's hard to figure out. I think that that's the question a lot of people are asking. What happened to the Celtics? What happened to this team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat or the Cavaliers? What happened to those that group? Why isn't it working anymore? But I think that it's unfair to, I don't want to say unfair. It's not unfair to expect them to be back there. It's just unrealistic at this point. They're not that team anymore, very clearly. And expecting the the day for them to get back to that might be a bit naive. Maybe they never get back there. Some teams never do. And maybe that's just it. Maybe it was just one year, two years. Here and there. I hope not. I hope Jalen Brown comes back. He's healthy for the next three years. Him and Jason Tatum are back to dominating the East after they mature a little bit, but it looks pretty bleak right now. It does. I'm not going to lie. A lot of uh, a lot of vulgarity in the chat, too, as I can see. Uh, Celtics this year, uh, up and down, record of 13-14. and 14, And, uh, yeah, you mentioned it, then them falling to, to that record after tonight's game under 500. And again, I mentioned it right now. If you go on the whatever, whoever, whatever site tweeted out their percentage, playoff percentage chances, Celtics, how they do good? Under 50%. More likely to miss the playoffs than to make them. Not good. Um, and uh, Joey's saying, um, it's not off the loss to the Suns, I think is what you meant. Uh, we're missing Booker and Aiden. This is flat out embarrassing. They're a good team. They're a deep team. Jason Tatum actually was playing well in the first half. You know that? Jason Tatum was playing well. But the Suns are deep. The Suns have a lot of good players on their roster. The Celtics don't. They have a, a few handful. 
and they, they're not consistent enough. So, hey, yeah, you know, you can say that that, that is the case, that it is embarrassing. But there's the, the reason the Suns are 20 and 4, a big part of it's Booker, Paul, Aiton. A big part of it's coaching in depth right now as well. It honestly is. As much as we ignore that in the NBA, it honestly is. Um, Nick acknowledging the tough road trip. Also saying uh, they need to trade some of the the uh, Charlotte young talent. I don't know what Charlotte means quite right there. but um, Oh, need to trade for some of the Charlotte young talent. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Charlotte's going to be that willing to do that. Charlotte has a good team right now. You know, they're 15 and 13. They have to be feeling pretty good. They have to be feeling like they're headed in the right direction. I don't know if they're they're going to be willing to trade some of those guys. Um, and uh, I see some other people mad at the Celtics saying, saying screw them. All right, guys, it, it is – yeah, it's gear. Great way to end it, it's gear. Thanks. Let's get LaMelo Ball. All right, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. If, the, if the Celtics can find a way to get LaMelo Ball, all the problems would be solved, wouldn't they? I don't think that's going to happen, though. But I, I appreciate the idea, it's gear. I really do. All right, guys, I think we're going to end it there, past 1 a.m. on the East Coast. I'm exhausted for a number of reasons that I'm not going to get into. So it's it's been a crazy night, honestly. Um, and the Celtics are just part of it. So with, uh, with with all that said, guys, thank you for watching the stream tonight. I do really appreciate it. I know uh, Ev couldn't make it, so I figured I was available. I, you know, I had a little bit of time here um, before I have a busy day tomorrow, so I hopped on with you guys. And I appreciate you guys talking to me, coming out. Had a lot of fun, as always, talking with you guys in the post-game streams. So stick around. Ev will be back. Ev and I should be back on Tuesday for another Celtics Power Hour, where we'll talk about a lot of this. So be sure to tune in for that. As always, uh, Patriots post-game streams are taking a week off. But we're going to have a stream this week. Hopefully, I'm thinking on Wednesday, bonus Patriots stream. And then, obviously, the post-game stream after the Colts game. So stay tuned for all that, guys. Really appreciate you coming out, as always. And uh, we'll see you next time, whatever Celtics, uh, Celtics show, YouTube channel. I know Ed will have his picks and all that stuff. So he want, just wanted I, – I don't know the exact situation, but even if it is that Ev just wanted one night off because these light – I know these late night streams are, are torturous for him. So, um, I think it, there might have been a little more doing that. He might have been busy too. But at the very least, he deserved a night off. Uh, so um, thank you guys for tuning in and watching the stream, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.